welcome to episode 79 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the addict, Alessandro Bailsey. I thought you were going to say, say hello, Al. No. I you forgot. You probably should have told me. I probably should No, no, it's, you know what it is, is I changed up the notes, and I, f- I failed to pull the template because one note wasn't working for me, which is ah. why I hate one note now. <laughs> and I know that you'll ha- you have your issues with it, which we'll get into in a moment. Say hello, Al. <laughs> How delicious did those waffle fries look yesterday? Oh, you stop it, you sick <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Uh, so good. I hate you so much. On this week's episode, we will discuss Spielberg vs. Netflix, Nolan's next flick, the Game of Thrones trailer, some post-Oscars banter, and other assorted news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, win it all. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Did you purposely put Netflix and next flick right uh, next to each other? No, I did not purposely set myself up for failure. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I actually, I had noticed it, like, right before I started. Mm. and I was going to adjust it, but what will probably happen is if I tried to change it, like, midstream, I would lose my place, things would happen. Not that it went smooth anyway, because I forgot to tell you to say hello, which I will from now on, like I used to. Um, yeah, I was really confused. You were just looking at me expectantly, and I was yeah. like, did he forget or did he change <laughs> the format without telling me? <laughs> or did my brain stop working? Because honestly, when I came home from the gym tonight, uh, my mental processing capacity was at a pretty substantial low for me. Um, I was like, like the way you, when you're playing like on an online game and this pretty obvious lag, mm-hmm. that's how I was, my brain was working until I got food in me. That's fair. It's a, you know what it is? We lost a week. Right? I think we lost okay. a week. Okay. I mean, they got a double feature the week before. That's so, true. Uh, that's true. Um, but it's just so much time has passed. I, uh, I just forgot how to do everything. <laughs> just all of it. Uh, but we're back now. Uh, yeah. So, we're, we're, anyway, we're, what we're drinking. What are you drinking? Southern Tier Brewing Company's New School IPA. It's an India Pale Ale with new American hops with a tropical twist. Not to be confused with those old American hops. Yeah, uh, technically I guess those don't... Hmm, the old American hops really aren't that old. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 6% alcohol by volume. Uh, I wish there was a story, but there isn't. However, I can tell you that it's brewed and canned by Southern Tier Brewing Company in Lakewood, New York, USA. Why the hell not? Is that what it says? Yeah. Interesting. Um, <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> cheers. We've had some pretty good success with Southern Tier, from my, as far as I can remember. I don't think that we've ever really... We've had a snag with them, have we? I mean, I've always liked them for quite some time now it's a it's a local-ish product it's only a couple hours away Ooh. i'm using a fun fancy glass dominic picked up some you new are glasses. you are you are high society right now next week i'll have a different new fancy glass oh okay all right i, I like this game <laughs> yeah i figured i'd break them out with this our return is, this is um, tasty this is it's a very bright ipa yeah. um uh mm. it's just a bit hazy, but it's a nice, very pale color. Mm-hmm. Very well carbonated. Uh, it's got a nice creamy head. <laughs> not, But not so well carbonated that it's a chore? <laughs> no, this one's not a chore. Uh, probably because of how like refreshing and bright like the IPA is. Yeah. Um, it's very hoppy, but it's not overwhelming. It's got a good amount of bitterness, but again, not overwhelming. I uh, 
This is very drinkable. May your IPAs be refreshing and bright. Sorry, I'm just jotting down notes for our Christmas song. <laughs> and may all you... every every year, let's just do White Christmas again, as if we didn't do it. <laughs> like just keep posting the same episode, or no. just re-record it no. each time. Full re-record, just just like it's the first time. <laughs> We'll do it. Make every time like the first time. Exactly. <laughs> this is I like this. This uh, small small nugget. Uh, we, unless you want to go into it further uh, with any of your own personal stuff, but um, I uh, a brief what you're watching. Uh, mm. I just started watching Mad Men last week. Oh, okay, okay. How's that going? Uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, okay. It is. It does suffer from some AMC drag Ooh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I've kind of figured that'd be the case. But not nearly as egregiously as some other things. Um, it's 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 a very interesting show. It's a little um, easier when you can binge it too, I think. Yeah. Well, but you kind of tend to notice it more when you binge it. Sure. Uh, sure. But no, it's even though it's obviously not exactly uh, action packed. Um, I've found it very interesting so far. No, but when you watch that one episode that's a straight up bust and doesn't leave you with anything for the storyline, you can go, well, I'll just watch one more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than you're sitting down for your episode of The Walking Dead this week, you watch yeah. it and it ends and you go, cool, 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 cool. I'll, uh, I'll wait seven days for the next one. <laughs> Actually, the last couple episodes of The Walking Dead have not have been not terrible. No, they haven't. Uh, surprising. Um, it's almost like they... Started to figure out what to do with the characters. One of the things that I know where... Welcome to Walking Dead talk. Um, the way... One of the things that they're doing that I've liked lately is I feel like they've been changing the makeup and doing a better job of creating costumes for the characters to the point where they look like their actual counterparts in the comic. And I was pretty happy with that. Um, not, not a thing that I would normally care too much about, except that uh, you're up to the latest... Yes. Um, I kind of liked... Wait. Wait. Am I? I don't know. It was on last night. No. Oh, well, you'll, you'll see it when you watch it. It's nothing... No spoiler or anything, but um, there's it was, a... It was the one, it was the one where, uh, where Henry catches up to the group, right? Yeah. Then, yes, I saw it. Oh, okay. But that was definitely not last night. That was like three nights ago. Yep. 100%. <laughs> I watched it last night. <laughs> That's how this plays out. Um, but the costume and the way they put Beta together, like, was exactly as, like, I remembered hit, be, picturing him on the page. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it seemed like there was a little extra attention to detail there that I really appreciated. Well, the funny thing is, I looked him up because I was like, oh, we never, we haven't seen his face yet. Mm-hmm. He's clearly putting on a voice. Who is I this? actually know the actor, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, I can't believe that's him. Yeah. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how, we'll see how it plays out. I mean... What they have going for them is that they have an actual interesting, compelling villain whose main interesting, compelling part isn't him cursing. So they have more room to write about stuff that fits accurately to the character. Hmm. And also, so far, the henchmen have been vaguely interesting rather than just generic henchmen. Yeah. Because actually, that's really what probably comes down to why the Negan stuff fell flat. Negan was fine. Yep. It's just that everyone around him... Sucked. Sucked. That's fair. So we spent so much time on all those people, and none of them mattered. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get lost down the walking dead hole for too long, so... Anyway, the reason I brought up Mad Men to begin with was 
because I delivered that like a slogan and I'm used to hearing them pitch slogans now in episodes. Mm -hmm. So like that, that like method methodology of thinking is like on the brain. Oh, okay. All right. That's funny. Um, sweet. Uh, yes. Anyway, wait, you never gave us an official. Yeah, would that's not. exactly what I'm doing. I was, gonna, I was gonna go. So back to this beer, <laughs> Southern Tier Brewing Company, New School IPA. Thumbs up for old nice. Anthony here. Also, you stole my my whole shtick with the incidental rhyming there. <laughs> <laughs> Happy did accident. You realize you did it? Nope. Nice. Shall we get into Spielberg and Netflix or no one's next flick? <laughs> Uh, I'm okay with either one of them. One right. of them is going to be more interesting and less whiny. So, uh, Cool. Let's do that one first. Uh, Nolan's next flick. <laughs> so not much to report here. This is actually uh, interesting. Every every outlet that does something about media, uh, movies and media will have the exact same line that Christopher Nolan's next movie is a cross between North by Northwest and Inception. I don't actually know what that means because I haven't seen North by Northwest. Um but I love the fact that it just doesn't matter. Oh, just so they finally released something? Because I saw a few weeks ago when they, they put it on the calendar, his official, the date that that movie's going to air. But they gave precisely zero information about the movie. It was just, he is making a movie. It's going to be released yeah. on this date in 2020. Yeah. July not, 17th, 2020. Next not a single play. person cast in it. Not, a, not even the title of the movie. Not even the briefest log line. Apparently, you gave us now a one a one shot log line. So yeah, but how about that clout? Like where <laughs> this man is releasing a movie on July seventeenth, twenty twenty. So next year in July <laughs> on the seventeenth, you already know where I'll be. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like well done, sir. Good for you. I'm very, very. I mean, you know how much of a fan I am of his, and we'll we'll be there. Yeah, North by Northwest um, is a classic old movie that I know very little about. Though I do know that they stole that scene with the airplane for one of the classic episodes of Family Guy, the one where they yes. steal the tape from Passion of the Christ uh -huh. to Crucify This from <laughs> Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson has a couple of priests chase him down. Yep, yep, to yep, get, yep. And they steal Lois in the plane. That whole scene <laughs> was ripped out of that movie. But right. Other than that, I have zero context for that movie it's a pretty classic uh it's some sort of conspiracy type thriller type thing i think but uh, I, beyond that i really don't know. i know i looked up like a very brief synopsis of it a couple of years ago did not retain any of it well the second part of that statement being like a cross between anything and inception and that you would have had me so also talk about clout when someone can mention what your movie is a cross between something and something else and one of those things is your, is movie? your movie i I'm not sure if the quote is from him. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who. It was from. It's even better if it's from from the PR staff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like you know, what I mean, like you could talk about like, oh, the new movie from George Lucas. It's like a cross between yeah. Vertigo and Star Wars. You know, the the new movie from Steven Spielberg is like a cross between, you know, Ben Hur and Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anytime you can be self-referential. And it's not coming off of being super douchey. That's how you know you have clout. Right, for sure. And Inception is definitely the one to call for that one. Like that's, oh my well, goodness. Them, I mean, I assume it's because it's accurate. If you said it, it was a mixture of of uh, North by Northwest and Memento, I'd, well, sure. I'd be confused and interested as well. But, uh. <laughs> but there's something about uh, Inception is probably. Do you think it's like the most ubiquitous of all of his movies? I feel like that's the one that you'll find everywhere. Everybody's heard of it. Everybody 
almost uh, people that aren't big into directors might be able to to pull the director's name because of how big that movie was. No, his his Dark Knight trilogy is his you think, most. You think so? Yeah. Specifically, the Dark Knight. I have a, I I believe that there's there's a good chunk of people out there that are you know not. I, I this is this is I believe this on uh, you know. I've got no data to back this up, but I believe that there's a good chunk of people out there that are, you know, not like us into movies, but into movies enough to not know that it was the same person. Actually, anecdotally, um, what I I've just saw something about this in the last couple of days because there was some conversation about ranking contemporary like action hero movies, and a lot of people who I consider more or less layman. Um, in the field, um, pretty much all referring to as Nolan Batman. Nice. nice. So, okay. like, it, that is the one. I mean, Inception would be 1B to that 1A. Okay. Those two things are the most, yeah, because he's not from the mind of the prestige. Like, that's not sure. what you're going to see. It's from the mind who brought you Inception or from the mind who brought you the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, from the mind that brought you Insomnia. <laughs> yeah, that's Her? not going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh man, I might even be the man who brought you Dunkirk before stuff like that. You know what I mean? True. Oh, man, Dunkirk. Whew, that one. That one was that was heavy. Uh, I don't care what. I take your time. Uh, is it the fact this man can give you a date? Like what? Like how? How does this happen? I don't. I'm pretty sure that there's dates for his movies always pretty far in advance, and I don't think that they miss. Uh, no, because this, well, the thing is, I wouldn't be able to tell you about that trend before Dunkirk, but Dunkirk went the same way. Yeah. They, they announced Christopher Nolan's next movie is coming out on X date. Um, and then, and again, no information. And, but, and then a couple weeks later, they, they gave more information than this. Cause they said, um, based on the, uh, the, the events surrounding the battle of Dunkirk, that's mm-hmm. what the movie is going to be. I was like, oh, I thought it was a documentary when they were first announcing it. Right. That's yeah. That's that's. They, I remember there being some. Be, I I was like genuine, like you know, just curious what was going on. I what I loved was the first time that I saw the Dunkirk trailer, and it was just like a scene. Fl- nothing happened. There was there wasn't even sound yet. Like a scene flashed on the screen. I was like, this is a Christopher Nolan movie. Like the <laughs> fact that you <laughs> you're just you're that good. Like you have you have your style. Like there is a Christopher Nolan style and oh my god it's it's perfection i fucking love his movies so much well, the other thing is um hasn't he always had the same um cinematographer. cinematographer uh except for interstellar maybe really i'm not sure i feel like there was one recently where it wasn't the same guy um i could be wrong about was, that was it was it is it goyer or ayer who was who it who's the cinematographer uh, i don't actually know his name I should probably probably something that I should learn on account of loving that man and his work. Yeah, I'm trying to look. Up, I'm looking at Inception now. Yeah, wow. well, I feel like we should know this because it's always the same. <laughs> that's, that's my mind on itself. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but, but you know, you, his, him, his cinematographer, and you got your Hans. Like, just come on, your Hans. <laughs> <laughs> I so fun. Fun uh, side story here. I was I was working today with Damien, uh, sharing my screen, and I had two splits open. I had my terminal on my left and my browser on my right, and I, I had the way I had it open. I didn't don't have them. I had them taking up half the screen, 
but there's a little bit of space between the two windows. And in that space was iTunes. And in that iTunes window was Hans Zimmer's face. <laughs> and he was just peeking out <laughs> between, <laughs> between the two windows. And I didn't realize until I was screen sharing that how creepy it was. <laughs> But if only if only I was queued up to play the wong sound from Inception, it would have been amazing. It's just Hans Zimmer like peeking like the yeah. keyhole looking at you. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it looked like. So it's Wally Pfister um is the cinematographer, which as soon as I saw it, um I immediately remembered for that, that was his cinematographer for everything um up to The Dark Knight Rises was the last one he did with him. Oh, okay. So he didn't do... Which, which, which makes sense, because after The Dark Knight Rises, he got his first feature directing and what was largely considered a huge bust of a movie, uh, Transcendence. Uh, was that, um... The, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp? Depp? Yeah, yeah. Not, not, did you see that? I saw, like, the first half hour, oh. and it was, already, it was already starting to lose me. Gotcha. That's unfortunate. Although I, st- I didn't stop watching due to life of interest. I stopped watching... Because I had to go do something. I was like, oh, I'll probably pick this up just for the sake of finishing it. Sure. Um, and I just didn't. Yeah. Eh, what are you going to do? You win some, you lose some. Uh, <laughs> all right. Moving on. Spielberg versus Netflix. Uh, we talked about this a while back. And I just wanted to bring it up again because it's it's been all over the past couple of weeks. Um, about Spielberg being... Uh, kind of outspoken about how if you're not if you're not your movie hasn't had a theatrical release and is not a you know a movie that is meant for a theatrical release that it should not be up for an Academy Award or like a prestigious film award and I don't remember where I stood last time we spoke about it but I've been thinking about it a little bit more and I'm not really sold on either side of the argument and I'm kind of curious where you stand I don't care you don't care at all no. I, so I, what I was recently, I was talking to Kim a little bit about this earlier, and what I was, I think what bothers me is I, I expect, though it's not, you know, as of late, and maybe always, there's always a shred of it, it hasn't been the case, but I expect the Academy Awards to be like a high-end award, like a real film enthusiast, filmmakers award, and if that is the case, I do think that a part of a true film experience is that film being on the screen. Yeah, I guess so. Well, but the thing is, in order to be considered, Roma had to open in a certain amount of theaters, and it did. I, yes, but it was just for the purpose of a technicality. Yeah, but the thing is, there are some really small artsy movies that also do that because they know they're going to make zero dollars on it. Sure. It's, it just, uh, here's what I, what I'm getting at though. I would actually be open to a few more categories. Which they tried and failed magnificently at this year. Yeah, but rather than, than be up for, like, rather than a movie like that be up for Best Picture. Um, well, no, meaning like they were going to add new categories and it blew up in their faces so they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm just saying, I think I would actually prefer that. I think I would be okay with them being nominated within a, like, a set category that, you know, it ha- not that it has like, an asterisk next to it, but it kind of does. Like, best 
move like streamed move like you know movie made for streaming media or something like that like on a streaming platform or a non-wide release or something along those lines though i know certain best pictures would fall into that um as they currently stand but there is just something about it where i think i i appreciate to a degree what his argument is for and that is to keep the movies alive yes and that i like that i stand behind i would there's a there's a non-zero chance that movie theaters go away. Yeah. Um whether it's fully or in some capacity that is no longer reminiscent of what they are today or Well no, what it is years is ago. we're, we're going to we're going to like a lot of these things like you remember how cell phones used to be huge and then they got really tiny and then they got really huge again? Mhm. Um the same kind of thing is going to happen with movie theaters, right? Movie theaters used to be there was one screen or two screens, yeah. and then they got to the point where there's like 25 screens, and it's going to go back to being like five screens again, and you're only going to get Star Wars or Marvel or DC mm-hmm. or Tom Cruise. Like Those will be the only things that play in a theater. Yeah. It's- so theaters won't be open all the time. They won't be fully staffed. They'll open and close around those releases. Which is sad. It's a sad thing because, uh, especially with a, something that I love so much, I, I wouldn't want to see that happen. And that's why if something like this preserves the, the theater for even a little bit longer, I could get behind it for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I just, I have, there's nothing like going to the movies for me. It is one of like my top favorite things in the world to do. And Are you going to do it tomorrow for Captain Marvel? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to do the midnight showing, okay, or the or or the six o'clock showing because whatever. I like when they just gave up and they're just like, you know, we don't want to be here this late. You don't want to be here this late. Let's just put it out Thursday. <laughs> How does that sound? Um, this is probably going to be like what, a, is, what is the new cutoff now? Like seven p.m. I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's when I like I was able to get tickets for one of the Star Wars movies. I don't know what we went that early, but I think that's how early they were available. Yeah, no, we went at like 9.30 or something like that. Um, which in itself is like the movie was over before midnight. <laughs> it was yeah. ridiculous. Uh, but uh, I will probably see it Monday night, I think. Um, I-, I, might go, I might go Sunday. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. I'm not... I, th- th- I, I appreciate how crowded it will be. I just don't need to be a part of the crowd. Well, I'm probably going to go like Sunday night at like 8 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, that might be a little bit better. Maybe I'll do that. Well, so I just figure, like, you, you know, don't have to drive to work on Monday morning, right? You don't have to worry about it. Right. I figure, like, there's not going to be a lot of people. Like, yeah, Sunday afternoon, it's going to be swamped. If somebody called me, like, now or after the show and said, hey, do you want to go tomorrow? I would go. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, well, the thing is, I thought that this was coming out next weekend. I did until, like, I was watching TV, like, yesterday, and they're like, in two this, days this weekend i was like what 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 now like yeah. i thought it was this weekend god damn it like i somehow creeped I never, up on us the, the, for some reason that the date never stuck in my mind i just knew it was early in march but could you imagine a movie like that coming out and it not being available to see on the big screen <laughs> what's what i'm saying i think it'll be event movies you know what i mean like yeah. they they have to have a way for a bunch of people to sit down and watch Avengers together, you know what I yeah. mean? Like they have to have a way for everyone to watch one of the saga together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will. If it turns out that it's only streaming or only like you know buy the item, 
I'll straight up, I will build a theater for myself. Like, I, it's, I will have screenings. <laughs> you're, you're just going to come here because we basically That's have true. a theater here. That's true. That's true. We can make that, we'll make that happen. Um, I still, it's very strange. I'm at this weird crossroads. I still get um, horrible, horrible flashbacks of watching all of the Lord of the Rings down there. <laughs> um, yet at the same time, I'm almost ready to watch them again. I was watching The Two Towers last night. I was considering reading the books again. I, it's been a while since I've read them. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, I actually don't think that I've reread them. Se- oh, sorry, I don't think I've read them again since um, maybe my freshman year of high school. I used to, before I knew that that was a thing, I used to kind of do my own version of the Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee used to read the whole series once a year. Mm. And that started well before he was cast as Saruman. That's pretty cool. I mean, well, the, the, the coolest bit about it is he actually met J.R.R. Tolkien as a young man. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's bananas. Like, Christopher Lee was a young man and met him in, like, like, just ran into him in a bar. It was before he was an actor. Yeah. That's cool. Christopher Lee, I, I know this stuff circulated around his last years and, and especially around the time he died. That guy lived a fucking life, man. Yeah. He lived, like, three lives. Damn. I don't really know much about him other than I've always liked him in things. Look up his, like, the amount of things, like, he was in, like, if you ever, like, have heard, like, you know, like, like, the the Navy SEALs, like, the British SAS, like, those special forces things. Yeah. Before, like, SAS was a real, like, full thing, like, the predecessor to that in World War II, they were, like, these commandos who were driving, like, jeeps in the fucking deserts of Africa fighting the Germans. Mm. And, like, they had, like, a jeep with machine guns. They'd have, like, four... It was like playing Halo and jumping in a warthog. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm listening. <laughs> they used to do that. That was what, the, like, the first, like, commandos were. He was one of those guys. Jesus. <laughs> and then, like, you know, like I said, met J.R.R. Tolkien. Like, he did a whole bunch of other ridiculous things over the course of, like, his young life. Then became an actor. Was in, like, a million famous movies... A ton of famous roles that, like, I didn't know about until, like, much later in his life because, like, they were so far before my time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like he was fucking, like, Dracula. Like, he was a, a Bond villain. He was all these different... Well, like, he's one of those guys that has, like, the ridiculous number under his belt when you look him up on um, IMDb, right? Well, he did start to compile a little later in life because he did a lot of voice work and stuff, but still. Yeah, that's... I wanna, I'm gonna look him up real quick. His career also went like 60 years. Let's see, all film, yeah, actor 281. Yeah, but all right. Remember, like he started acting in like the 50s. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. Well, anyway, I so the reason why I am I it's like starting to come back to me is we had a guys weekend uh, this week who were um, up in Youngsville, New York. Thanks for the invite. It was like I think it was like an it was like an hour. It was not my planned my planned thing. I normally have to plan everything, and this was like a thing that was planned. And I was like, "Wow, this is great." Uh, anyway, we're in Youngsville, New York, New York and we played Dungeons and Dragons, and that was the, for the first time that I played that like in person. I played it once online before with a couple of friends, but it was more like me just learning how to play with them. I was saying, I, th- I feel like like it was last year, right? You you were playing for a few weeks at least. We were trying to. We played once. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, this this was the first, like, we sat down, it was, like, a couple of hours of people, like, figuring out their characters and who they wanted to play and how they wanted to do it, 
Uh, then we had a meal, and then we sat. It was like then it was like three o'clock, and we started playing, and we get starting to understand how it works and trying to figure it out, starting to get a hang of it, and then it was ten o'clock. Like it was <laughs> like it was just time just disappeared, and oh yeah, then, once you get into that, it can seriously chew up clock. I I had an absolute blast, and I like like I was. I was really, I had so much fun with it, and uh, shout out to, to Will Murray, who listens to us, um, for being our DM and bearing with us while we learned how to actually play the game, <laughs> but, uh... I'm at Will, right? Was he, he was at your 30th birthday, I think? Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Um, but, man, it was, we had we had such a good time, and it's definitely something that I, I want to do more of, but, like, just being, uh, I, when we sat down to play, I just shuffled all Lord of the Rings music huh? in the stereo system that was set up throughout the house. Yeah, that's so, probably the way to do it. Just epic battle songs would just start, like, conveniently when we entered an epic battle. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, like, really well done. Uh, but it was, man, I I think I, I think that would be something that I would enjoy playing with you. Yeah, like, I had fun doing it. I played for, like, a couple of months, like, when I was, like, a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the game ended up falling by the wayside but we had fun doing it once we all got into the i mean we play like once a week you know what yeah. i mean yeah that's a good time even i think we're, we're trying to shoot for once a month i think um which is probably more realistic yeah on account of the adulting also it gives the dm a lot of time to come up with what they want to do true true but osborne thorn gauge will carry on <laughs> in the next <laughs> that was your name yeah it was great <laughs> name I was, I, there was a, uh, I got a sheet of, we sat down and he was explaining to multiple people how to make their own character. And I was like, what are those sheets over there? He's <laughs> like, these are pre-made ones. I was like, hand me that stack. <laughs> and I picked one from there. And on the back of it, I was like, I want to be stealthy as hell. And he was like, I think you want to be a rogue. <laughs> so he handed me the rogue. And I looked at it, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. This is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Batman-esque going on in this storyline. I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally be this guy. And then on the back of it, it was like, first names and last names to pick from. And I, those are the two that I gravitated towards, and it stuck. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> I had a blast. It was, uh, I was rolling, rolling real hot for a while there. I was just slaughtering things. It was pretty great. Um, I was stealthy, and then we had two people on our team that were just, like, Basically, just like, tripping on bells, like that's how bad their, their stealth rolls were. It was wow. it was rough. Tripping um, on bells. <laughs> we had a, we had a good time, and I, I encourage anyone to uh, to give that a go. Obviously, you're gonna have to find somebody that knows what they're doing to help you get started, and also people with extreme patience because it uh it it, it takes a lot to get into. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was totally worth it. Such a blast. Um, do you want to go with one of your news slash nuggets before my next? Sure. Um, so well, since we were st- talking about big movies and Marvel stuff and going to see Captain Marvel, um, you told me you already took off for Star Wars. Are we doing Endgame together? I didn't take off for Star Wars already. Oh, I thought you said you did. Oh! You... Did I at my last job? <laughs> 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 I might have... I... Uh, Endgame, I think we have to. I don't think we have much of a choice. That's what I figured. So, the reason I brought it up was because there's some speculation as people are looking at the schedules of the next couple of months. It looks like that could be the same weekend as nearing the conclusion of 
Game of Thrones where the cool. biggest battle scene ever shown or longest one ever shown on any form of like media, movie, TV, whatever. Yeah, ever committed to film, as I think how it was put. Yes, that's supposed to be in the same weekend. That's going to be one hell of a That's week. one weekend? Yes. That's like a bender. Like, what, <laughs> what is going to... I'm going to be beat up. Night and that's Sunday night. Damn. That's so intense. I'm forward to that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have to plan something ridiculous around that. <laughs> I, I... Well, that's... I mean, the other thing I had on here was the Game of Thrones trailer. So, oh, yeah. Uh, holy, holy hell. <laughs> Great natural transition. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I think the words I used to describe it to you were bone chilling. I was, I, right. pretty sure I was shivering as it was happening. <laughs> like, it was very, I was very excited. I was, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to even pretend to be the biggest fan. I am a huge fan of it. I know that I love it. I know that there are people that are way more into it than I am. But, man, this is... I, it's a big deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's bittersweet, of course, but uh, really, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I've been holding out hope for... Uh, not hope, but for for years I've been saying, like, it's not going to end... I feel like it's going to end where we... Like, just all of the characters lose. I think everyone's going to lose. And I think that would be an incredible way to end... The entire series, and also like a wonderful social commentary. <laughs> There's been a lot of theorizing for quite some time now that it ends with the Night King on the throne. Good. I just don't know if they can go that dark and fucked up. I think they could. I mean, they could. I just don't know, like, if they would survive. Mm. Like, torches and pitchforks. Sure. I like. I think everyone involved with the show. Hey man, somebody's got to write an ending, right? Yeah. So, I, I I would be satisfied with that ending. I think everyone's expecting a lot of our favorite characters to die. I mm-hmm. think it would be hard a hard sell to kill them all. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Actually, this is I forgot about this in my mini rundown here because yeah. I had lost all my stuff, but I, I I'm glad we are on Game Thanks of Thrones. Thanks a lot. Because, one note. Yeah. Um, so there's a, this series that's been running on the ringer for a couple weeks now where every day they're talking about one loose thread that could be tied up in the final season. Ooh, that's fun. Ranging from the very serious, important, interesting stuff to the completely inane and there's 0% chance they're going to spend a single second of the last season on it. Okay. But some of those are the most fun. And I just want to, it's on the ringer. I forget what it's. It, what the actual series is called, but they've been doing one a day. Um, it's all tied together in some like story stream, so you can like jump through that all of their stuff for that. Um, but the best one was, I think, last week or the week before. The whole thing was, will we ever get a resolution to how and why Podrick Payne is the finest lover in the entire <laughs> Seven Kingdoms? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've read every one that they've written. I might have missed one or two of them. Um, and that was by far the funniest That's one. That's great. I love that. I, well, it, it's probably it, the shortest one, but... Man, that is really, that is really funny. But, well, the story is so rich with so many threads. It is interesting how how what they'll choose and how they will tie them up. Because, yeah. like, 
this show, it, I'm okay with it ending. I, I'm okay with any like relatively long running show ending. Things, things can't go on forever. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I'm just. It it almost seems like they have a lot more they they could explore without ruining it. So um, it's curious to me. Maybe maybe not a lot, but more than six episodes worth. There, most of them are going to be longer though. Like, yeah. The so first two are going to be an hour, and then a couple of them are going to be like an hour ten, and then there's like a couple of them that are like an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. I guess that that that'll that probably helps. That really that'll average it out to like a like an eight episode. Yeah, thing which is fine. That's like a whole season. I don't know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I I've been like every day I've been like, oh man, I really want to rewatch it, and I I've, I've passed the threshold of being able to. I think. What do you mean? Like rewatch everything up until the point of oh oh uh, the final season. I just don't think I'll have the the time to do it. I mean, it's a commitment. Yeah, um, part of me still wants to though, man. man. You you definitely should have started before now. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I probably should have started like, I don't know, when I first said it in the summer, or like, or again when, when winter came. Let's say when you had a couple of weeks <laughs> off in winter. <laughs> true, true. Oh wow, yeah, missed opportunity. That's all right. I I, I enjoyed my time. Uh, <laughs> No, but if you had taken out, obviously you wouldn't have necessarily sat around and finished the whole thing, but if you had taken out a decent chunk of it, you know what I mean? You'd have... True. Yeah. I, I have also been thinking about it through the lens of, like, I have to sit down and watch it because it's so good, but I could just put it on. Like, while I'm cooking dinner, or while I'm cleaning up, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, just have it just have it going, and... Just as a refresh. Yeah, yeah, like, it'll seep I mean, in. you could always, you know, have the flexibility to be like, oh, you know what? I actually want to pay attention to this. I'll, I'll save this for later right. when I have time. Or I can't bear to watch that again. Or, you yeah. know, um, you know, you know those. Anyway, that's that's going to be exciting. Yeah, we should definitely, I, we'll, we'll probably have to do like a, a, just an episode for that as a whole when it ends, maybe. Okay, I'd be maybe, down for that. Be down for that? Also, also, some of my OneNote stuff had uh, my Sopranos round up. Uh, type it up, so we'll just do it next week. All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, so that 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 Game of Thrones trailer though, uh, we have not spoken since the Oscars on the air here. Um, very satisfied with that final final award. Um, <laughs> shocked, shocked that my pick that I did not think was going to be winning it won. Um, good for you, Green Book. Good for you. There's people up in arms about it, and. Uh, I told you there was gonna be. But just bite me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, especially when you, especially when you lead off that conversation with Roma was snubbed. Just walk away. Walk away before I do something that. that I'm going to regret. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't see much of that. Oh my god, no. Roma was was hot trash. And every time it was up for something, I feel like I was biting my nails. I wasn't because I don't do that, but, like, I feel like I won. You know what I mean? Like, I was I was very, like, on edge, like, for the love of God, this cannot win. When it was the award that I knew it was going to win, I was just, like, I, I, I just, like, wasn't really paying attention. I still can't believe it won fucking cinematography. You can't? No. It, I don't think it should have. It I'm wasn't I'm not surprised. Shocking. No, it wasn't. No. No. It was, uh... It was a color recording tinted down... 
to black and white. It was. I understand hard. why it won Best Director, even if I don't agree. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why it won cinematography. <laughs> oh my god, what a garbage party! I can't. I just. We should. I'm. I'm just glad if it if it won Best Picture, I would have been. I would have been real sour for a real long time. That's the other thing. I'll have way less of an issue with Netflix movies being nominated if they're actually if good. they're good. <laughs> Well, because the thing is, I, I meant to get to it, and I kind of got distracted with the way that we went. It's not a big deal. Uh, but to close up that whole thing, I wonder about the unintended consequences. Um, I didn't hear much about the blowback to the Spielberg rant, other than the just jokes about like the Simpsons, like old man yells at cloud thing. Yeah. Um, but I imagine he must have some form of relationship with Martin Scorsese, and his movie this year is going to be the next one that potentially is up for it, right? Maybe if it's Does good. That, I mean, I don't know if they're friends or not, but like they've been in the same circles for like fifty years. Um, I wonder if there's any sour grapes there. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Or, like, or whether he considered like the fact that he's going to put that on him. In fact, I wonder if these quotes get like dredged back up when the time comes around, where the Irishman comes out and the award season comes out next year. Right. Yeah. I don't really know. I, I don't think he's uh, like. Does he really have to worry about it? I don't think he's worried about it. And. I'm just curious about the unintended consequences there. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. I do think that he's being. I like that he's not going at it like, he's not going at it like, oh, these movies suck and don't deserve to be, nominated. He is going at it from the angle of like, let's no, keep the it's, film it's alive. A so the principled approach, I get. Yeah. That. So I think that's that will save him from, probably any serious backlash. Yeah. I think, um, but you know that's. What, what, whatever. As long as as long as Roma doesn't win Best Picture, and now if it it, it it literally can't, and I can sleep again. <laughs> so there's that. So that's uh, two other things. Two other extremely notable things from the Oscars. One was Olivia Coleman's speech. Fantastic. Very, very funny. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. She was freaking the hell out, and it was great. <laughs> and Melissa McCarthy's rabbit cape. <laughs> which I know was lost on you because you didn't see the movie but I did explain that there were rabbits running around it was so it was so fun to look at the people in the audience and know exactly who didn't watch the movie <laughs> because they were so lost and so con- like I immediately knew what was happening and so many folks in that room didn't see it <laughs> yeah that's probably true it was just, that was just hysterical uh, but anyway, overall, uh, the Oscars was a win because Roma did not. And also, I thought the whole like host no host thing it ended up working out for the better. Yeah, it was fine. It was yeah. The you know it was strange. The award order had me confused the whole time. Why like, did they do this yet? Did they do that yet? Like I couldn't oh. I couldn't find because it used to be like. Supporting, supporting, best, best. But I feel like there was the supporting a bunch of other stuff, other supporting. That was how that happened. And it was, that that threw me off. And I was just like, what are they, what's going on? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> but whatever. That doesn't really matter. As long as I get to see them. I still love me some Oscars. Um, though when John Mulaney went out for a, uh, uh, to, to present one of the awards, I was like, oh, couldn't you just ask him? Like, just put him on screen more. This weekend, we re- we watched uh, New in Town. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's so good. That, that stand-up never gets old. 
Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. You should go watch that if you haven't seen it. That's on Netflix. Uh, I watched that one with you, I think. Yeah, I just mean the listeners. Yeah. The listeners are No, nice. that one was funny. I don't typically re-watch um, stand-ups if I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't always retain much of them mm-hmm. until someone, like, like says one and then like it like like <laughs> it triggers the rest of mind. the ones that were funny from that um but yeah no that was a good one yeah well that's that was all i had do you have any other news nuggets um oh my last one is kind of just a follow-up to one that you brought up a few weeks ago hmm. or maybe a little longer than that i finally saw the trailer for brightburn I, there's a new trailer that just released i think why why am i drawing a blank uh, it's like horror, evil, super. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yep. Uh, well, I know you were excited for it, so I figured it was yeah. gonna just jump there for you. Um, I saw. I think it was the second trailer. I think it just came out. Um, horrifying. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see the second one, but it is. It is scary, and I definitely like. I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" Uh, and, I, and I had like a right. situation where I was struggling to see some of what was going on on the screen on my phone. Sure. And I was still like, and also like did the us. Yeah. Which also that's coming out real soon too. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's that's his move, right? Dropping dropping March, get nominated for awards. Um. So yeah, Brightburn and us. Awkward transition. Sorry, we got disconnected from our call. Uh, roll with it. You just roll with it. Um. I have one final new before we get into our movie. Cool. Um. Apparently, next year is the final season of Arrow. Oh, really? Yeah, I just saw, apparently the news must have broke uh, earlier tonight. So, do you remember when I said, I'm okay with shows ending? (laughs) I'm okay with shows ending two seasons ago as well. Ooh. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been a little little tough to watch. On the other hand, Flash has... uh, They've they've breathed some new life into Flash. I've been really enjoying that this season. I think I think Dominic stopped watching Arrow as well, and that was his favorite of them. Yeah, it's been it, it's just been too much. Now there's like back and forward jumping with the future and the past. Like I don't know what's going on. It's not because yeah, I know there's some storyline with them finding out some one of the the one of the characters died in the future, but they're trying right. to figure out how they died or whatever. And it's like the characters that they have, like the. The supplemental characters that they, that they added that are now like trying to take the lead, they kind of suck. So well, it sounds like this this show got too big of a cast. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I almost part of me wants to rewatch it from the beginning, but just because I really enjoyed the early, like the early relationship and like how it worked out between Arrow and Diggle and like like when they were like the two throwing down, like, it, it was. I just I kind of just missed the art, and also it was a. Uh, it was a show that Michael and I watched when we lived in our apartment. Was that? that was our bonding show. So, uh, was, <laughs> but um, nah, it's 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 good that that show ends. It's it's done. They can, <laughs> they, but it's not this season. There's gonna be one more. I think so. That's the I just saw a headline that said Arrow to end next year. That's probably twenty four episodes too many. <laughs> Plus the ones from this season. Seriously, like a season ago, two seasons ago, like they had they had a couple of times where it could have ended and ended well. It should have ended with them escaping the island. <laughs> Isn't that what they? Oh, wait, which time? 
Yes. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, <laughs> no, I know there was some big event that they built up, and Deathstroke was back in it, mm-hmm. and but he was like working with Oliver, and there was some big explosion as they were escaping an island. Yeah. And they were playing up that like a bunch of important people were gonna die, and like two people who didn't matter died or something like that. Yeah, they. You you are right. They probably said, that was actually that was a good season, good villain. Um, that was fu- that was fun. There was still a little too many characters, but it was mostly good. Um, but this season, I, I, I'm having a hard time getting through the season. Like, I'm like four or five episodes behind, and it's like, I don't really want to. You know what I mean? But I feel kind of obligated. It's the worst when a show becomes a chore. Yeah. It's like, it's built up so much credit with me that, like, I'm not going to drop it over three or four episodes being bad. But you also secretly wonder, is this the end? Yeah, like, it, it's it's drawn out. And if you're a fan, you have to watch all of them, right? Because, it, like, all the episodes, because they, they are, you know, it's a, the storyline runs through the season. But for the most part, like, for something like Flash and how Arrow used to be, like, the formula is there where there's, like, the big bad of the week or, like, the big challenge they have to overcome. And you could watch a one-off episode and enjoy it. But they've, they've also somehow lost that in Arrow where, like, there's just... It isn't entertaining unless you're looking at it from the full scope of the story, and even so, you're only progressing the story by, like, a paragraph worth of screenwriting, I feel like, each episode, and it's just, mm. it's a little, it's it has, a chore is the perfect way to describe it. It's definitely that's been... What, that, that's how a lot of the first season of Star Wars Resistance has been, where some of the episodes, a lot of the episodes have felt like, I could have just read a synopsis of this to get where the rest of it's going until you yeah. get to an actually good episode. And it has been better in the second half. The first half was a real struggle. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, I've just been... It's one of those... It's, Arrow is currently the show that I watch like while I'm on Twitter, Instagram, my email, and a hundred other things. That's what Walking Dead's become for me most of the time. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead's a lot easier to watch when there's no commercials. You know, they've started doing something really fucking nefarious. Uh Uh-oh. Because they know how many people do what I do and fast-forward through it. Yeah. In the middle of a commercial block... They do a clip or something? They fucking play a clip to get you to unpause the fast-forward. And then it's... The Walking Dead will be back in 60 seconds. And it goes back to another commercial. It's like, you motherfucker. You're the worst. (laughs) Seriously. Ugh. They are the worst. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Sure. Alright, with that, we enter our flick of the week, win it all. I'm going to do something that we haven't done in a long time, and something that we should probably get back to doing. I'm going to read the IMDb synopsis of the movie. Okay. Give the listeners, because there's a a good chance that most folks haven't heard of this one. Well, first, let's do the pre-synopsis synopsis of why we even watched this movie. It's because you are are finally watching arm watching listening to Armchair Expert. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, at least the, the guests that I give a damn about, um, which is all I ask. Yeah, um, no, because it is it can be funny and interesting stuff. I think it, a lot of it trends towards the pretentious. <laughs> and yeah, you you keep saying that, but I completely disagree. I don't know. It's some of it's a little too much for me, but regardless. It's good enough and interesting enough with the people who I want to hear on the show that I will keep listening to it when people I want to hear on it. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to any episodes where I don't 100% want to listen to the guest on. It's just what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, 
But all the other ones I've listened all the way through. Zach Braff, Jake Johnson, Jason Mansukas, Seth Green. Those are the ones I've listened to mm-hmm. so far. That uh, Seth Green one was really solid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's the ones that have been the best have been the ones where there's clearly like a pre-established um, relationship mm-hmm. um, because the Zach Braff and the Seth Green ones were really good yeah. because he has good relationships with those guys. Um, whereas the Jake Johnson one, he's like feeling mad a little, although that one was a good one. Uh, it's funny cause I guess he does have something of a relationship with Jason Mansour cause I actually, that probably is my least favorite of the four, even though it's the first one I listened to. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, we listened to the Jake Johnson one. It was very much not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like he's lived a rough life. Yeah. Uh, which I, to a certain extent, I guess I get because a lot of comedians have in one way or another. Sure. Uh, it just uh, like the bits of stuff I've seen of him, not on screen. It didn't seem like he had that type of darkness, or maybe it's just because he's gotten into such a good place that he's left it behind him. But he's like, wow, there is, holy shit, this is a rabbit hole. There, yeah, yeah, there's some like, stuff. Like, and and I guess that's the same thing with with Dax too, um, which is interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like this was way like I like he's having a bunch of funny people on, and they're like. I'm not laughing a ton when I'm listening to these episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I laughed a ton when I was listening to the Seth Green and Zach Braff one. Um, I didn't really, and not that it was got to the same level of darkness um, with the Jason Mitchell one, but I didn't find it to be a, that funny. I found it interesting. Yeah. Um, and this one, the Jake Johnson one, was interesting, and there was definitely some funny, but like, there was some like really serious, real like just stuff about like growing up in a shitty situation, having a shitty father, like all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Like a lot of talk about it. it was like, man, like this is not. I turned into this. I thought it was going to be two funny people like cutting it up together. Like, and that's not what it is. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's funny. It, there's some, some of them are like that, but I, I do, I've been enjoying that a lot. Like learning a little bit more about the person and like where they come from and how they got into what they're doing. It's just, it's just been, it's very entertaining. And I'm with you on like watching the ones for the people that you're interested in, because that's kind of what I'm doing. There's an occasional one that I'll listen to here and there. Um, because Kim Michael pointed out that it, it has been a really good one. And I, not because I don't want to listen to films, but I don't really, I do have a ton of shows that I listen to. So it's and like. It's a long episode. It is, it is. Um, right now, well, Pete, Pete Holmes dropped this week, and I'm very excited about that one. So. Yeah, I'll probably check that out this uh, weekend. Love me some um, Pete Holmes. But anyway, uh, they, uh, Jake Johnson and um, uh, Dax Shepard were talking about his movie, Win It All. And uh, it so happened, it's on Netflix. So. Kim and I watched it. Well, it's it, a Netflix movie. And I suggested to that Al check it out, and he watched it, and that's why we're doing it today. Now, to give you guys the synopsis, Win It All, written by Jake Johnson and Joe Swanberg, Swan, Swanberg, Swanberg, uh, also directed by Joe Swanberg, uh, Eddie Garrett agrees to watch a duffel bag for an acquaintance who is heading to prison. When he discovers cash in the bag, he's unable to resist the temptation and winds up deeply in debt. When the prison release is shortened, Eddie suddenly has a small window of time to win all the money back. Um, that is, that's the IMDb synopsis. Uh, something that we'll probably, I'm going to try to get back to for all the movies that we do in case you're not familiar with it so that you can at least get a, a, a quick glimpse into it um, before we get into the post-spoiler territory. Um, man, I I loved, I loved that I listened to the episode before I watched it. Uh, just to hear a little bit about him and his life and how some of the you know how it works its way into the writing and the character and it was I I overall I really I enjoyed the movie and I I thought it played out well it played out more real than I feel like a movie that normally tackles like like similar material would it's usually 
way over the top in either direction. It's either overwhelming or underwhelming. And I feel like this was just kind of... It just felt realistic to a degree, like, throughout. And yeah. I, I I, just... I really like the way they handle it. I had a, I had a blast with it. I didn't realize he co-wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because based on what he said on the show, it didn't sound like he actually had that bad of a gambling problem. No. Um, it did sound like he dabbled in it but it sounded like he kind of stayed clear of it ruining his life unlike some of the other situations he discussed yeah like some of his stuff with alcohol like being issues at some Mm -hmm. point um (laughs) or drugs (laughs) um i think what the the in the show and not to keep bringing back to that specifically but the thing about his dad saying hey like if you want to drink you want to Smoke some weed, like I totally get to have some fun. Stay away from the cocaine because, yeah, no, you're just never gonna stop doing you're it. You're gonna love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, I found that to be interesting, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't sound like he had that same fear or or issue with the gambling. So to see this movie about a guy who's really down because of his gambling and how it threatens and in some cases even at times succeeds in ruining his life was interesting. Right. And, it, and it, it, it comes from a place of a person that either understands from being adjacent to it or, to some degree, addiction meddling with his life. Like, it, I think it, it comes through in the writing, and it, it, that's why I think it does feel so real um, with the Yeah, with the I'm curious that you say that it's, it feels real because some of the issues I have with this movie were in the ways that it broke from some typical conventions you see in gambling movies. Sure. Um, but I, I don't mind breaking conventions if it creates a new paradigm. I don't like, if that was the case with this movie, I don't like the paradigm that it created. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's kick it off a little pre-spoiler in action. A couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, first off, when the movie kicked off and I started getting acquainted with the camera style, there were certain aspects of it that made me go, oh boy, uh... Not sure I'm going to be able to get through this. Uh, Some there, of it was a little messy. I was struggling a little early in the movie too. And I think that you know it, it plays to it plays to that more kind of raw footage. Um, there's a actually a scene quite later on in the movie where um, they're they're in a bar, they're having fun, friends are out together, they're meeting people, and it does it very much feels like it's shot on someone's camera phone from the night, which. I think made it feel more realistic. Like it, For it, that sort of scene, yes, I agree, and, and I think it's a credit to it. Yeah, except that that plays... That is the camera for a lot of scenes, I feel like. But not yeah. all of them. I don't understand... I actually don't understand the, the choice. Because I feel like there are certain scenes where it is very steady, very clear, and others where it's where it's not, but doesn't fit that um, that dynamic that the characters were sharing. Yeah. It's, it, that was interesting to me. So I was a little worried at first... Um, but as it, as it played out, I was it less, less so. And, and then, and I think it's because we got introduced to the characters and their relationships and I started to get very interested. Uh, for example, once again, the Vince Gilligan theory, him and his brother, I think have tremendous chemistry. Yeah. That they deliver their characters perfectly, in my opinion, when they're together on screen. Most of the time. Um, I think what Joe, how do you say his name? Latrulia. Latrulia. He's I well, first off, I love him as Boyle in Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
I think he's one of the greatest characters on television. <laughs> I mean, he often seems to play kind of similar variations on a theme. Like, I don't think he has a ton of range. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, and actually, the same can be said of Jake Johnson. That was actually one of the big notes I have. Yeah. Um, Jake Johnson, I think, can only play Nick variations on Nick Miller. Yeah, that's that might be fair. Everything he plays, like Peter B. Parker, was just Nick Miller if Nick Miller was Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and like in the Jurassic World, is like if he was like a nerdy computer guy, Nick Miller. Yep. Um, and this was if Nick Miller had a gambling addiction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't see the um, the Mummy movie. Maybe he. I mean, he might just play soldier Nick Miller. I don't know. Um, He's probably comic relief. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I don't. It's just he do, he doesn't he doesn't really seem to have a lot of range. But he is really good at that role. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. Um, and I like that role, and I like him. So that you know, it's whatever. Um, Joel Trulio though is kind of the similar. Like basically everything he plays is all kind of variations on that weird fidgety guy who doesn't quite fit in. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's always seems to be, like... It, so, are you guys on Facebook, or... Yeah, like, the, the <laughs> first thing I've ever seen was super bad, and, like, same, like, like all of his characters are some version of that mm-hmm. guy. Um, even the the role he plays in... He's... I don't know how much Anthem you've played yet. Um, None. He's in that, and his character is another variation of that character. Amazing. Now, he's hysterical in it, but still, he's just playing that character again <laughs> everything he got <laughs> oh man i he, i find him to be so funny and like i was it's always interesting because when you have a comedic actor playing a more a more down-to-earth more serious role uh you i feel like i do that thing where i'm like on the edge of my seat waiting for them to say something funny and then i have to remind myself that they're probably not going to be that way Keegan michael key got to cut to chew up every scene he was in yeah i, I love him so much i when know he, well, okay so this is not really spoilery at all. Um, Eddie is confessing to Keegan Michael Key's character, whose name I can't remember, and Gee. and he's just hysterical laughing at him. Yeah, that was honestly I laughed so hard during that because it's like, oh, this is not a time where you should be laughing in his face. Yeah. Although he kind of does need that kick in the ass. Yeah. Of just being like outwardly humiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Like, yeah, no, like, don't laugh like that, man. Like, and I'm laughing now, too, at him laughing at him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And that, uh, that that brings me to another set of the relationships, which is Eddie and his friends. So, like, uh, Keegan-Michael Key's character is more of, like, the, you know, they have a they have a shared st- type of past, so they they have things they can relate over. But well, he, he's a sponsor. Right, But he, and he's put his life together. And... It doesn't sound like it's been for too long, though. Yeah, no, it's probably within the last year or two. Which is what's interesting. I, I liked that. Um, so you have that. You have, like, the where he needs to be, like, where Eddie needs to get. And then you have the friends that he's still with that could easily enable him into his old habits. And I guess he doesn't. I mean, it doesn't seem like any of them are gamblers. So. No, no. But they when they're <laughs> when they're coming up with plans though, and like when he's got ideas, they're they're real they're they're pushy, and it's it is it is kind of funny. But it's like he'll he'll probably need to break away from them for a, a, at least a short period of time to gain control. Like he needs to surround himself with more his brother and Key. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Um, and it's it, it was interesting. I just I, I do like I kind of like the ragtag group of people that are in the movie. I liked that there wasn't. I, I recognized a few faces of the friends, but not like big names or anything like that. Which again, that to me that adds to the more realistic vibes of like you're kind of sitting in on this guy with his group of friends and kind of gauging how they are together and who these people are and and like how they interact and i I thought that was a lot of fun um it was they they have that they like i said earlier they there's that scene where they're out for the night and they meet a couple of girls and they're all talking and they're hanging out they're they're and they they seem like real friends on screen and that probably lends itself to uh, I imagine it had well chemistry on and off screen. Like probably they, they probably got along well. I imagine somebody like him is he seems kind of outgoing, a little bit like a little bit funny, able to kind of keep things moving. And I kind of got that vibe from from his talk, like how like wanting like wanting to be nice, wanting to be liked by the people around, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it just. I, I just love when it seems like that people are having fun making the movie, even if they're even if they're you know opposing forces in a movie, you can tell when they're having a good time doing it. Yeah, and I think this movie had that with a lot of the characters. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, the other obviously obvious relationship to is him and Eva, and they uh, again like it was when you first see them. The first two characters, it almost feels like a little bit contrived. Don't see these two. I don't understand how this is going to work out. But when you start to understand the two characters and um, see like how like they would work out together, and I imagine the chemistry on and off screen helps this as well. They do seem to really fit to the point where it's like he needs something that's really high stakes, kind of like his game. Like he needs a relationship where there's. It, we're, we're at higher stakes. The kid makes the relationship high stakes, and she needs a genuinely good guy. And at his core, he seemed the character seems like he's a good person. He's just yeah. I mean, he doesn't do anything with malicious intent, right? And most of his sabotage is self sabotage, right? So that's that was interesting to see. Um, there is a mechanic in the movie that I really really liked, and that was the debt counter. Yes, that was good. It was abrupt. It was in your face, and it was like you were kind of riding this wave of highs and lows. Well, it's definitely meant to be played for shock value. Yeah, for sure. Like he, so uh, what I'm getting at, if you haven't seen the movie yet, there's a certain point in the movie where they'll throw the number on the screen of how far in or out of debt he is. Yeah, and you know when it first hits you, it's it's a high number, and you're like, whoa, okay, okay, and then it's uh, it's not crazy, but it's it's a number. And then it hits you again, and it's in the positive, and he's having a good time, and they're out like, and you just see you see the number, and then you see the mood swing of the movie, and I think that was really cool. It's a point where you see the number is insane, <laughs> and you go, you feel like you're in debt, like <laughs> like it, it hits you hard, <laughs> and it's because well, it, you're riding the wave it, with him. When it hits you the hardest, is like the darkest hour. It's also the funniest because that's when he goes drunk outside and starts kicking the dumpster. Yep. And, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. I was, I was cracking up on it. Like that scene and the scene with Gene were the two funniest scenes by far. Yeah. And I was like, I was cracking up. Like, just hit the way. Like, like, it's like that. Like, no, you stupid idiot. No, this can't be possible. Like, no, how am I even in here? Like, 
no, this is like if if I wasn't crying right now, I'd be laughing at how ridiculous the situation is. Like, right. right. Uh, actually, we it'd be fun to talk about some specific scenes. Is there anything you want to say pre-spoiler? No, let's get into it. All right. So you said those were two of the funniest scenes. There is one scene that trumps those. The funniest scene of all to me in this movie is when he's going back and forth with himself on whether or not he should open and look in the bag. And then when he does, and he starts taking the money out, and he goes, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then he just, like, eats a cookie in the microphone. (laughs) It's wonderful. When he's he's taking the stuff into the bag, and there's, like, the the rolled-up rope with, like, kind of hair in it, and he throws it. There were some very obvious murder weapons. (laughs) Yeah, he picks up a hammer with a rag. It's like, what? There was a rag. There was a hammer that was like very grimy looking. Oh my god! Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) That that had me. I I was was hysterical. What'd you say? I said no. That was good too. I forgot about that one. Yeah. No, but you you're right. When he's kicking the uh, when he's kicking the um, the dumpster, and the guy comes out and tells him that he's cut off for two weeks, you're. You're nervous for him, right? Already, like you feel like you're you're on the ride with the character, whether you want to be or not. Like you're 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 riding the wave with him, and when he's like, "You're cut off for two weeks," like I I was like, "How are we gonna get out of this? <laughs> How are we gonna?" <laughs> yeah, get out? you know. And there were definitely points uh, in the movie where I was just like, where he, where he hits a certain number, where I'm just like, "All right, you're here. Okay, cool. Sell your truck, and I think we're okay." You know, not for a lot. Yeah. Just just sell it to get clear. Well, the other thing that's very obvious pretty early on before he loses, like, way too much, it's like, okay, there has to be a certain point where you have to realize you're really bad at this. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, like, people who are, like, gambling addicts who, like, go big in, the, like, the hole, at least in movies, they tend to at least be pretty good at it. They just hit a downswing and then they start, they get tilted and then they're never going to, like, they start betting emotionally. But, like, the whole thing starts with them being pretty good at it. I never actually felt like he was any good at this. Like, there had to be a certain point like, where he walked, like, he had to walk away where he's like, oh, like, I lost $2,000. If I sell my car, I can probably make it back and this guy won't cut off my hands. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because I have to realize, like, I'm not very good at this. Whereas, like, if you watch something like, you know, rounders or something like that you know what i mean like like that dude could totally bet his way out of it you know what sure. i mean like well, this guy is just not good enough at playing cards no and I, but i think that's he has the... to know that because he's literally always down it's not like he goes really high and really low and really high because that's usually the story of these sorts of like characters right where it's like oh i get way up but now i'm way down mm-hmm. i can't imagine there was ever a point in his life that he was way up no but he he does he no Definitely not. And but he does talk about that though. That is, he's not addicted to gambling. He's addicted to, to losing. That and he yeah, talks. Yeah, I guess. And when he's when he has that that scene at the, um, at, I guess it's is it Gamblers Anonymous? Like I, I don't know. But yeah. At that in that scene, he says specifically like, I am like you know I go for it and go for it until I don't have it and like I'm striving for that and I don't want to feel that way anymore. Like I want to stop doing it. But, like, that's what he's... He is... He seems to be chasing the low. Which is... Yeah, I guess Which so. is, like, that's what he's addicted to, which is terrifying. 
Um, and this is an easy way to do it because, like, you know that if you gamble long, like, same as, like, you know, you can gamble and gamble and eventually you might win. You know that if you gamble, though, there's going to be a point where you'll lose. So, like, it is actually a surefire way for him to get his fix of losing. I don't know. It seems like he had enough losing in the rest of his aspects of life that he didn't need to chase more losing. Mm-hmm. Like, if that was his, his outlet to actually win at something, it would have made more sense. Sure. But it's it, it's a... I met, it's a complicated emotion that's something that I can't I can't personally relate to, um, but I imagine that it's it is a real thing, and a difficult yeah, thing so. to actually like, you know, to struggle with, um, and yeah, like and he when he that that scene felt very real to me uh, when they were in that room and when they were when they were talking and he was explaining that and the way that talk about you know body language delivery uh keegan michael key there's just the just like the real the real listening posture face and nodding like i don't know it's like a silly thing where it should probably be like anybody should be able to do that acting wise no but he has like a funny intense concentration face yeah like a lot of times it comes off as like too intense or creepy intense for him it's like I can tell you're really focused on what's going on, and it's hysterical for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god, I love him. Um, that it's. I, I just. I really. Man, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was. I think there was. Uh, oh, hit a couple. Couple of quick things to note. Um, you should make an app. Great line. <laughs> <laughs> what they're trying to figure out how he's gonna make. What, what, I, what? How much does he need? Fifty plus at this point, or no? Is it less? Not at that point. 20? At that point, it was like twenty something. Like twenty something, and they're trying to come up with ways, and they come, they're coming up with ridiculous ideas. And the bartender suggests that they make an app, and they shoot him down. And then was when he, he the says, bartender? "No, I thought he was just some random dude playing pool." No, he's the pool bartender. Oh, was it? Okay. Yep, yep. And then he, when he says that, they uh, they shut him down like he's being ridiculous, and then he says it should be a lawnmower app, and they're like, "Well, that's actually not a bad idea." <laughs> 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 that was absurd. Uh, the the brother the brother kind of reprimanding him about the gas gasoline like not miss, like not having the gas tank to fill up the thing. I was like, oh boy. I was like, it's getting real. Like he screwed up and like that was really frustrated me because like, man, really, like we're gonna pick that fight? Yeah. Well, I think that was it. it was you you get frustrated because you're like, yeah, maybe I don't know. We don't really know the facts. Maybe he should have been like you know. Maybe he should have been paying attention to this and had it ready and all that. It's like, but at the same time, why is this guy getting all crazy? He's he's getting bent out of shape, and then to find out that he's kidding with him, well done. Yeah, no, it ended up being an excellent troll job. Um, I did their relationship did frustrate me though ultimately because it does seem like like he agrees to help him, right? Like he gets like the long and short of what the issue is specifically. So when he comes to him and saying, hey, like, I need the money now, not yeah. when we agreed. I don't have a problem with that he shut him down. Yeah. Like, I can understand how that comes to be, right? I have an issue with how it came about, where it's like, no, like, you, like, are just, like, if you just, listen, I just can't get the money together. Like, I planned on doing it over the course of this time, whatever, right? Like, can't make it happen. I wish I could help. It was like, no, fuck you. Like, that's not how this works. And it's like, okay, but you realize, like, his kneecaps aren't going to work, right? Mm. Like, if you just say, like, I have empathy for your situation, 
but I just can't do it. I can get on board with that. I don't know why. For, for some reason, that specific scene frustrated him with me because it was like, like he didn't listen to the like him say like listen, hey the guy you remember the guy who I told you was in prison he's not in prison anymore. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, no, I, I I agree with you on that. I was actually a little I was a little annoyed by that too. And then I started to think about it, and it seemed part of me part of what I was annoyed about was uh, Eddie's delivery of the information like of while while asking for that money up like earlier is sure. that he could have done a better job of explaining, you know the. The dire situation. Well, I just assume that it came up at some point in those six weeks. Sure, but, you know, I guess the other thing to realize is they... I think they did a good job with a few things where they established certain other things in the background that you have to... You just have to accept, which, you know, not always a good way to do it, but I think helpful when you're trying to fit a story in a certain amount of time or maybe not to, you know, overdo it. There were clearly times in the past where he was trying to be like on this road back to recover yeah. like to recovery and, and, I, can understand, and I can understand why it's like that snap back at like oh this is just another relapse thing but like you've committed to this path with him so again even if you decide that you can't or won't help mm-hmm. the way that he chose not to yeah frustrated me. it just smacked of poor writing honestly it didn't it yeah, it didn't frustrate me for that. For me, it was frustrating more because I feel like there was miscommunication between the two of them and he didn't explain his case. Um, and I do think that, like, it's not great. And yeah, I agree, it has to do with the writing. But it is, like I said, having to accept that they've probably done this, they've probably had this back and forth multiple times. What I actually thought is more interesting is that he, when he has that on screen, I really changed speech with his brother. He did sell it in a way where I believe that they've had this conversation before. He's probably said it before and and sounded like he really meant it, but he really does mean it now. And I feel like all of that was conveyed, even though we hadn't gotten the previous conversations between them. Yes, it's true. Um, the difference being, though, that this time he actually made a action commitment, not just a verbal commitment. Sure. Um, him joining up and doing the work from the ground up. Yeah. That's the first time he's committed to that. True, true. That probably, and followed through. That probably helped with that delivery. Yeah. But, yeah, o- overall, that that I will say that that link in the story is a little weak. Um, what you were saying, like, like him just, uh, his brother dismissing him and not really helping him out when the situation is very dire. I, I think what's... Well, because the thing is, the thing is, if he had said, like, I don't believe you, even, in the scene... Yeah. Then I would have been on board with it, but he or did. like if he said it's like it's the same old shit or something. Yeah, he just said like that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, it it, it did seem a little odd. Like that's not the agreement. Like that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if he said like, "Oh, I've heard this all before," or "That's the best you can come up with," or yeah. "I just don't believe you," anything like that, I would have bought into the scene. I I'm I'm with you on that. I I can get on board with that. Um, one of the other things that I found very interesting is at the very, when he, when he wins the money, when he's plus at that final poker game, mm-hmm. when he's in the green and, uh, he has the heart attack. I did feel like we were let down in that scene. We needed to get a plus 100 on the screen. 
We got a plus. I just think that I just think that would have been comedically funny. Just if it was plus one hundred exactly. Yes. <laughs> Why? Or like plus like ninety seven dollars. There was a plus on the screen. I don't think it was at the end at that yeah. point. Yeah, it, it went up. I don't remember seeing it. I just remember him saying it. Oh no, it it showed up on the screen. But I think what's interesting is how so he's... So it said plus 100 then? It wasn't 100. I don't remember what the exact number was. I think it was more than that. No, because that's what he said. He goes, I'm, I'm 100 up. He goes, I'm just going to let it run for a little bit. He says, no, you've gotten clear. Like, let's go. I don't remember ever seeing a number come up on this. Well, the, the number <laughs> the number is around 400. That shows up, I'm pretty sure. Oh, was I don't remember seeing well, the, that. The, the only reason why I know that that's... I, I, I know... I'm almost... I'm like 99% positive it popped up. And the only reason why I'm saying 400 is the amazing post credit scene. I didn't stick around. Oh, uh, it's so... Okay. There is a... It's like a mid credit scene where it's the guy counting the money. And uh, his, his buddy's counting it. The guy that got out of jail is standing over him. He's like, dude, there's, there's $400 more in here than there should be. <laughs> he goes... What? Count it again. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny because the thing is, I actually was kind of wondering about that during the whole like climax of the movie. Because when they run out, I remember him carrying Eddie, but I don't remember them having the money. Right. And you never see the money. I was definitely nervous about that during that I'm whole like, time. After all this, they leave the money and like they're going to have to like, oh my God, we have to track the money down. He's going to be in my house in like six minutes. Yep. That, that definitely made me nervous. Because, like, they never, there's not even, like, oh, my God, like, where's the money? And, like, oh, no, no, it's in the car. Don't, like, even, like, again, like, if there's just something, like, a throwaway line like that, it's just, like, okay, no. It's been accounted for, even if we didn't physically see it. But, like, yeah. he's running out holding him. <laughs> no one is holding a bag. Right. No, it was, it was that definitely, while that was happening, I was, like, oh, God, how bad is this going to get? Uh, but when he, when he's having the heart attack, that's what dawned on me. Like, he's, he's, like, he said, like, you know, just let me go a little bit more. Like, he's. You get to, it's almost as if like he's he's on the drugs that he's addicted to, right? Because yeah. he's in the positive, so he needs to lose again. <laughs> like, and he you know that if he stays there, if he doesn't have the heart attack, he's gonna lose money. Yes, he's gonna be bad. It's gonna be real yes, bad. Almost dying, literally saved his life. Which is, I think, is a really funny way to to, to tie this whole thing up, to make it like that, like like almost like divine intervention. Like it, <laughs> him almost dying pulled him out of the scenario. Yeah, which was really cool, and then the the thing that really just it just put a beautiful bow on top of this whole thing was he gets to he gets to Eva's house, he talks to her, um, he explains, and she could easily be like, "You're full of shit." He shows her the bracelet, kind of pulls it all together. His everything happens for a reason. Speech from early on in the movie. I mean, he he's definitely bad at explaining things. Oh yeah, it's horrible at it. Um, cause that was again, another scene where it like frustrated me where like, like he's clearly panting and out of breath. Like if he didn't want to be here, he just wouldn't have shown up. Right. You know what I mean? Like just give him a second. Which he's is what I mean. Part of the reason some sort of way about something and yeah. she's never seen the lying. No. And the addiction. She has no idea about any of it. So well, she has no reason not to give him the benefit of the doubt. She's I'm seen like, him lie once. About what? Uh, early on, when he tells her, like, he tells her something that he does for a living. And then oh, I don't when they have breakfast, he comes clean. Mm. Uh, okay, but still, that's one... Oh, yeah, for sure. Ultimately, like, a white lie. For sure. But I, I think what's... So, anyway, so, they, like, she... That, you're, you're right. It's, it's his, his inability to explain and other people jumping or, like, not jumping is, like, that's a little off writing-wise. 
or maybe delivery wise because like they don't know how to deliver that piece but it's probably because of the red anyway um the fact that he's able to you know he finally gets there he meets the daughter them putting the title on the screen at that time i thought was really great like he did win it all he got you know he got out of this clean he ended up with the girl he you know it's it's gonna be serious he's on good terms with his brother like it all came up eddie and i liked going out on that <laughs> well i guess that's as good a point um as any to to pivot to what i feel about this movie i didn't think it was actually that great of a movie okay because he didn't learn anything like i haven't seen a ton of gambling movies um but when i was done watching this uh, two different ones came to mind um rounders mm -hmm. which i know you've seen mm -hmm. Um, and if, did you ever see The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg? Uh, no, I haven't seen which that. Was, I think it's a remake of an older movie, but regardless, um, both of those movies came to mind as something that handled different sides of gambling and whether or not you're going to flip the line with gambling addiction um, and the ups and downs that go along with it. So this movie, he's we start with him down on his luck, and he's a loser. We know he's a loser. He knows he's a loser. And he loses and loses and loses. His addiction causes him to lose money that isn't his, even though he knows the consequences of losing that money, even though his sponsor specifically tells him what the consequences are going to be. And that's what his sponsor is even there for, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so he goes through this whole thing, and then they add the stakes of he's trying to mend the fences with his brother, and this this he's trying to form a relationship, create a better life, while still in the midst of losing or in the throes of having lost a ton of money. So then he gets into this desperate situation because the guy's out early and he just goes and he loses. And then they could have had kind of a one-off joke where he gets up a hundred bucks or 400 bucks, whatever it is, where it's like, maybe I should run on the, no, no, like, you know, go like the fact that he literally has to be dragged dying away from it they didn't play it off as a community. Like, like if he had like gotten the heart attack and like, he had like a line about it being like karma or that was the message he finally needed, like knock it the fuck off. Mm -hmm. The fact that he literally still has to be dragged away while having a heart attack. I don't know that he ever actually learned a lesson or unburdened himself of this issue. So one of two things happens at the end, either one, he gets unearned happiness at the end by getting to win it all. Despite, learning nothing and achieving nothing or he's going to relapse hard and the sequel to this movie sucks i would say you would be mostly right if the addiction was gambling uh i mean i know what you're gonna say is you go back to the, to yeah. the, the whole losing thing but the, the thing is he starts winning in every other form of his life and he keeps trying to lose at this. If no, he sabotaged those other relationships as well, that's it's not, consistent. I, I don't think that that's actually the case here because I actually think that midpoint through the movie, he actually has turned. I think that he's come around on it. I, don't, I believe that he doesn't want to do this anymore. His back is to the wall. He gets the, When his brother says no and he has no other options... 
he, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of get it. Gambling. Yeah, I get it. Then, and that part of it I can understand. Yeah. Um, I have a problem with then when he gets that, like it should have at that point, he should have ended up like plus one dollar and walked away, mm-hmm. and like tipped the bartender with the one dollar as he walks out. Oh, that would have been kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? The fact that he goes back in means he hasn't actually learned. Well, I think what I liked, the fact that he wants to go back in, <clears throat> what I liked about that is that it's showing that it's like a true addiction and that he, I don't know, he's drunk, his inhibitions are lower, he's, and, and, and that it's in his nature to go until he's down. It so, just seems like it was trying to like <clears throat> play both sides of the, the street. I'm not. Either I didn't read a, it that way. Other, either he's got to kick the addiction to losing mm-hmm. and win it all, or he's got to self sabotage and keep losing. I think that he. If he's going to kick the addiction and win with his brother, win with the girl, he's got to win with that too and walk away, not having been enriched by it. I think that he had removed himself from the situation and learned how to do it and was going to the meetings and things like that. And this was just showing you that if you are tempted hard enough or put in a situation <clears throat> or allow yourself to get close to the situation again, you will relapse. Sure, but that's when, if that's the case, then the heart attack is the kick in the ass that gets him to walk away. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He has to be dragged away. Well, he's saying, he doesn't realize he's having the heart attack until he actually hits the floor and then he's no longer begging to go back to the table. Well, it's because he was begging for his life. Yeah. Um, you you get what I'm saying? I think so. It It's just not consistent. The ending isn't consistent. I well, was going to that then I don't notes to these other movies, um, but it sounds like it, the the path you're going with you probably right in what you were saying. But if you're right in what you're saying, then the movie didn't actually deliver on and execute that properly. And those other analogies aren't as important if we want to pursue this thread. But what I'm saying is either he hasn't learned anything and he shouldn't get to win anything. Or he's learned and walks away from all the bad things he's done to himself and gets to win it all. He doesn't walk away from the gambling. He has to be dragged by someone else. That is inconsistent. I don't know. I think you're taking a weird approach to the ending of it. I don't think I am. Yeah. I think I just... I I'll, will agree to disagree. Um, I think that the way that it played out... Like, I, I already said it, but, like, the... I think that the character has resolved his... Pro- like, understands his mistakes, understands he is an addict, is trying to turn his life around, and for a third act, we, we put his back to the wall. And sure. Again, him. I have I have no issue with that meaning yeah. that's what brings him back to the table. But once he's gotten himself free and clear, he has to walk away then if he has learned that no, issue. I, I, I'm saying again, if if it the like the um give an example of like a of a drug addict, right? That is free and clear maybe maybe this person doesn't actually have an alcohol problem, just has a drug problem. Actually, I think Dak actually gave an example of this, but I, I think he, he said he was also an alcoholic, though. But like, let's say the person is a drug addict, is addicted to drugs, cle- like gets off of them, is clear, doesn't 
drink because of how they will act when they drink, which will lead them to the drugs. Mm-hmm. I think there's more to his addiction. He was drunk in that final scene of at, while they're playing the game. I think that is what's helping him fall into his old ways. I think that he has more addiction. He's already he's already committed to if we're gonna we're gonna conflate the drug and gambling. He's already committed to using in this scene because that's his only option. You know, it's the digging through the hole to get to China type of situation. Like right. the only way up is to go further down. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but like I, that's that is okay for an inciting incident for to get him to the table to because this is the only way he has left to solve his problem. But once the problem is solved, he has to walk away. You can choose the way that you want to execute it, if it's funnel, if with, if it's with comedy, if it's with drama, if it's with the heart attack being his come-to-God moment. He never gets the moment. He tries to keep going into it, which I means think, he didn't actually learn. Well, if you are an addict, if he is addicted to gambling... And he starts to do it again. He was going... Well, he's not addicted again. Like I said, he's addicted to losing. But if he's addicted to this thing and he starts to do it... Like, his, he had to do it, right? We, we agree that he had to do it. His back was against the wall. Yes. He had to do it. Once you start doing it, that, that scratches that old itch and he's going to have to keep doing it. The heart attack... It actually is consistent with the rest of the movie because the heart attack flashes back to his... I believe these things happen for a reason. He didn't have a choice he had to go back to it and the and he would have lost everything and succumbed to it if the heart attack didn't happen to pull him out and i think yes, that's okay i don't have a problem with the the heart attack being the thing that, that pulled him out but then that has to be like the bolt of lightning from above it's not what do you mean it's not because he never makes the realization he's trying to crawl back to the table well, we also don't see him... We don't really see him think or talk about it after the fact sober. The the point is, during the whole course of the heart attack, he's still trying to get back to the table. If he... When he finally makes the realization I'm having a heart attack and says, okay, get me out of here, that's him making the realization. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that. He does say get me out of here, though, at that point. Does he? I thought they just cut to the next scene where he's running with him holding up. No, when he realizes what's happening, he wants he's asking for help. Mm. Doesn't say it like in the exact words of like, oh my god, I I have to get out of here because I'm about to fall into no, my own habits. But I, he, no, I know that he does I he does I don't recall him I don't recall him. He begs the... he does beg for his life at that point. Well that was all when they were already running, wasn't it? No, I think it's when he's on the floor. Mm. When he, when he, after he, he doesn't really, that's what the screwed up thing is. He doesn't realize he's having the heart attack until way too late. Yeah. Until he actually. That per se. Yeah. That's why, like, it's very quick though. The point where he's like, oh my God, it's happening. And then saying something and then they're outside. Yeah. And then he's begging for it as, as they're, as they're running away still. (laughs) The scene of, sorry, the scene of him carrying him through the appliance. Oh no, it's, it's it's great. (laughs) I also like, um, I did like the scene in the hospital when uh, his brother comes in and he's he is nervous that they're going to be on bad terms, but his brother, like, realized that how dire the situation was, kind of has the whole story probably from his friend who I'm guessing is still out there. Yeah. Of what happened. Um, and then obviously there's definitely, there's a feeling of guilt that he didn't 
jump in to help because he really was trying. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of cool. No, it was good that they reconciled at that point. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's got to the point probably right where it's it's hard to say that he's uh, making it up anymore when he's literally had a heart attack. Right. <laughs> right. Oh man, I you know what bothered me in that final scene when he goes to tuck. I mean, I know you ran from the hospital basically, but can you tuck your shirt in or something? <laughs> like <laughs> it was awful. Also, he probably shouldn't have been running around at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's just gonna have another one. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty common thing, like, overstressing yourself, like, in the next week or more, yeah. like, after you've had a heart attack. Yeah. Let alone, like, three hours later. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fun. Sweet. Anything else? Uh, no, not really. Cool. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Thanks for coming out. Wow, wow, wow.